welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and for today's episode, let's spark some incredible conversation for you guys. Today's guest is Adam Unz, an actor, voice artist, and the host of the podcast, The Spark Parade, a podcast where he and several sensational artists geek out about their cultural spark of inspiration. The Spark Parade is a podcast that I've been listening to for months now, one that I absolutely enjoy, and if for you guys that love this podcast, I think you'll love it as much as this one. So I figured why not have Adam on the podcast and have him talk about the incredible podcast, the incredible guests he's been able to talk to, and just his influence in art altogether. If you enjoy Adam and want to listen to more of the incredible stuff that he wants to talk about, you should check out his podcast as well as all of his links down in the description below. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that and I absolutely love it. If you want a place to talk more about this podcast or a place to connect to some incredible artists altogether, you should consider joining the Postmodern Art Podcast Artist Sanctuary Discord server. You can join other incredible artists in there, including some former guests of the podcast. We can all have a nice, fun community to where we can truly love and cherish each other and lift each other up. Link to that server will be in the description below. If you want to go even further with that support of the podcast, maybe you should consider being a part of the Postmodern Art Podcast Patreon. There you can see behind-the-scenes content that was cut, you get an opportunity to ask guest questions, and so much more. Incredible opportunities to help really support and grow this podcast ever so further. Consider joining today at patreon.com slash PMAP. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. How about yourself? Yeah, good. It's, um, where are you? Uh, Georgia. So Southeast side, same, similar to where you are. You're in New York, if I last remember, right? That is right. And it is very humid here. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it's been hot for like the past week here for me. All right. And I work in a, I work in a warehouse that doesn't really have air conditioning. We have giant fans, but not really much air conditioning. So yeah, it's just been sweltering and I've been melting and yeah. (laughs) Yep. Pretty much everything that I do, um, I need to have quiet. So Mm -hmm. turning on, you know, we have like a window unit air conditioner in too much noise so i just have to sit here and sweat most of the day oh i'm fully aware trust me i have my little personal ac unit right there and luckily i had that thing on full blast right before i hopped into this call or Mm. whatnot so the room is gonna be cool but give it about you know an hour or so depending on how long this conversation is and i'll be sweating bullets (laughs) yeah we're also super lazy and so like i put the bedroom air conditioner in because like you know absolutely cannot sleep without it but we have this gigantic beast for the rest of the apartment and we haven't put that in yet because it's a real pain to get in but we need to do that i'm sure i'll have at some point (laughs) yeah uh i think that's maybe more than enough air conditioning chat for (laughs) one day (laughs) i mean it's a good way to start more than anything else um (laughs) uh, get get us nice and loose get us ready for the conversation um okay ada before we really get going i must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accords. It is just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe, just get to enjoy yourself for a little bit. 
To help make sure you can relax, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to, to help make sure you don't go completely insane. Again, this is a deserted island. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Okay, this is uh, perhaps more problematic for a more problematic question for me than for other people. I uh, <laughs> any kind of like favorite question for me, especially when it comes to art, is like just my brain melts. I don't know what to do because <laughs> I'm so I have so many things that I love, and the irony of hosting a podcast where I basically do the same thing to other people and expect them to tell me their favorite and I don't really have a favorite thing planned right. in mind that said um, let's go with uh, I, I'm gonna say the Purple Rain soundtrack Ooh, that is a very good choice right there <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I grew up in the Twin Cities, so, you know, there's a very heavy, uh, civic pride in all of Prince's work, and I just love his music, and yeah, it's a good, solid foundation for all of my other, um, artistic endeavors, so. I mean, that's, that's very fair, especially with, you know just the the replay value that that album has along because it's like just about every single song on that album could be a hit on its own that you could just listen to over and over again either start to finish or just on its own one at a time on repeat yeah i think uh especially if you're going to have that be the only piece of culture you can have yeah. um <laughs> having an album that's like all killer no filler is very important that is absolutely important but nevertheless the purple rain album that is your answer you're locking that in i am locking that in all right then if that's the case i cannot think of a better way to start the postmodern art podcast welcome everyone i am your host nathan ragland uh feel free to like share subscribe or whatever audio streaming platform you prefer you can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PMAP and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> he is the host of the Spark Parade, a pod where he and several sensational artists geek out about their cultural spark of inspiration. Welcome to the podcast, actor, voice artist, and podcaster, Adam Unz. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to be here. Well, it is a pleasure to to have you here. Uh, ever since I first heard about your podcast, I have just absolutely loved what you've been able to put out. And I, you know, considering the fact that we both have a love for art and artists in general, I figured mm. we were at least on a fairly similar wavelength. So I, I figured we'd have some good conversations that I am just excited to get into. But before, before yeah. Wow, words. Um, <laughs> before really divulge into the artists that you are presenting and the podcasts you present, I want to go back just a little bit, if I may, and learn more or less the the origin stories of Adam. What got you interested mm -hmm. in art in the first place? Uh, so I started acting when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, the Minneapolis and St. Paul have a lot of theaters there's more more theater seats per capita in the twin cities than any other place in the united <laughs> states including new york um so i did a lot of theater when i was a kid and yeah i've just always been obsessed with art and entertainment and um 
I went to a performing arts high school, um, you know, sort of like uh, LaGuardia in New York or, you know, the school in fame. I guess that's a very dated reference now, but <laughs> so I got the reference of that. Makes you feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. I, I mean, it was acting just kind of always something you just been interested. In? Like, do you remember when you were first introduced to like just doing it, just kind of just being in that Minneapolis culture or was there like a particular like pushing point or tipping point for you for wanting to go down that path? Yeah. So, um, my grandma, uh, directed musicals, um, okay. was very into performance. Um, and in fact, forced my mom and all of her siblings into a family band, mm. uh, you know, a la the Von Trapps and the Sound of Music or something. Um, and it was, they were the Cohen family singers. Okay. And I think about two out of five of them were actually into it, and the rest were just, you know, dragged, kicking and screaming into this. So anyway, there's a history of kind of performance uh, in my family. My aunt um, lives in L.A. She's an actor, and she's, you know, been at it for a very long time. So I had all these kind of people in my family who were involved in the arts, and then... Um, yeah, when I was eight, I just auditioned for a play and got a part in it and that was it. Oh, I mean, if nothing else, that's a, a good start for that kind of path. Like, would you say that you've always had kind of that passion for, it, or do you remember a moment where it went from just like a general love for it to a passion and wanting to make it your career? For as long as I can remember. I mean, I, I, I'm not the kind of person who uh fell fell into artistry like you know i know people who were like on the football team and broke their leg and couldn't play football anymore and then their teacher suggested drama as a way to get over their depression about not playing sports and now they act and it's like <laughs> that's not me i always knew i was always into it um and yeah like uh art, art being an artist uh being surrounded by art that's all i've ever wanted that's that's good it's nice to know that that uh love and passion has always just kind of been there i mean especially growing to the point to where you got a chance to i i assume that was something that's helped take you to several places like you know you kind of talked about you started off in minnesota or whatnot but i was looking doing my research and whatnot i realized you've been like you know you're currently living in new york you've also been to london as well like was that part of like the acting career or is that just career in general just leading you to those places sort of yeah um my oldest sister moved to the uk first uh when i was a teenager and she lived in London for a while, and I went there to visit her and just kind of became obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I went there to study, um, but I ended up living there for 12 years. Um, so uh, I was there for a long time. I'm a British citizen now. Um, and it's kind of weird. Like, my mom and my oldest sister are British citizens, too. We all have citizenship through different means. Okay. Um, and I have one sister who lives in Seattle, and she's the only person in my immediate family who is not a British citizen. So, um, But yeah, long time in London and then um, now in New York. So focusing on big cities. I have to know as well, like, obviously, like, you know, being in acting and getting to go to all these different places or whatnot, did it more or less give you a better love and appreciation for art in general? Like, does being in it, like, truly entrenched in it really help you, like, appreciate art in a different way? Uh, yeah, at least for me, um, 
I I don't understand people who don't have that kind of connection to artistry or it feels weird to me. I also, like when I was growing up, I'd have friends who just kind of were happy to float through life and land at any old job, just like whatever came their way, didn't really have anything that was driving them. And that was enough. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for me, it was like, this was always the thing that was driving me forward. Um, So I think the second I started performing, I was addicted to it. I didn't ever want to stop. And then being involved in the arts, um, I I don't know. I mean, I think they're kind of two lanes that are intertwined. So there's like my life as a performer and then also my appreciation of artistry in general. And, you know, I'm obsessed with music. I'm, I don't make music, Um, (laughs) you know, uh, every other kind of live performance, um, you know, film, TV, whatever. So uh, I think I have this lifelong love and appreciation for the art that other people make. And then this driving passion to create art myself so oh yeah honestly like yeah you're describing it and honestly i cannot tell you how much i feel if not like exactly the same at least in a similar vein more than anything else i never was like an acting person myself but like i i went to college for filmmaking and such so being able to like create films Mm -hmm. and such and being able to perform in that sort of essence and obviously with you know this podcast as well like as much of it as, you know, presenting the other artists or whatnot, it's still a bit of a performance to me, and I truly love and appreciate, like, when people are able to, to put forth their art, especially, but, like, I can further appreciate it, like, just as it is, even if I didn't have the performing aspect on my side, at least. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, words come back to me, come back to me. This <laughs> um can you think of some of the the bigger like this might go a little bit into like uh, some later questions but can you think of some of like the the biggest pieces of artwork that have kind of like inspired you more or less or like has kind of carried you when it comes to like appreciating art in general um yeah i mean you know all of prince's back catalog is pretty important to me um there's you know a lot of music um that I, you know, I, I grew up in a household that was full of music. My dad in particular was really um, as into music as, as I am. And um, there's a, a record store called The Electric Fetus in uh, Minneapolis. And we used to go there all the time and kind of dig through crates. And this was at a time when you know, people still bought physical media. And um, so I, I, I think more than individual pieces of art it's just like mass uh voracious consumption of all forms of art um and not really being that discerning in my taste it's like i i really appreciate lots of everything so um yeah i don't know artists like prince um uh films and and filmmakers i mean i'm thinking people like uh alex garland i just went to see men Ooh, uh, over the okay. and you know 
That's going to be very divisive. I don't think it's for everyone, but um, I really appreciate his work. And yeah, I don't know, like so, so, so many people. Um, I'm obviously not doing a very good job of pulling names right now. But <laughs> I mean, I was like, to, be, I say, to be fair, there. when it comes to like just art in general, there are so many incredible, you can attest this as someone that, you know, presents incredible artists. There's so many different incredible artists doing so much incredible stuff and putting out just amazing content that like, you can't just, it's really hard to narrow down like a specific person and one thing that they love, like one at a time. Like if it, it's, it's very hard to have more or less a narrow point of view when it comes to art, especially with how everyone is doing their own way of creating it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it gets harder and harder. Like we live in a time where there's so much content. It's really, there are not enough hours in the day. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're telling me, you know, freaking, I'm just thinking of like, you know, I, all the artists that I love or whatnot and all the different ways to consume their media. And I, I love that you mentioned a little bit about like, you know, thinking back in the day when you had like, you know, going to the vinyl stores and stuff like that. Cause something on your podcast, the spark parade, which again, we'll definitely divulge a lot more into in a second. One of the things <laughs> that, one of the things that you love to emphasize is more or less your appreciation of like the, the physical media, how, you know, the way that, you know, the way that was like back in the day, like, you know, eighties, nineties, you know, two thousands or whatnot, the way that it was a lot more, I guess, intimate would probably be like the better word for it at this point. Like what is mm -hmm. it about just kind of how media has evolved that has made you like appreciate the different ways that you can consume it? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, there's good things and bad things about the, uh, about physical media and there's good things and bad things about uh, digital media mm -hmm. um, definitely getting um, you know going to a record store and looking around not having the stuff that was being thrown at me dictated by an algorithm yeah. um, and just being able to kind of discover things on my own and I did a lot of, you know, used CD shopping, you know, when I was a, a teenager, I worked as a busboy in a restaurant and got a lot of cash tips. And so I just take there this wad of money and <laughs> go down and uh, dig through CDs and just discover things that, you know, sometimes it might be just the cover that I was like, this is three dollars. I'll just try it out. Yep. Um, so a lot of that stuff about like in-person discovery, I really miss. But I don't miss having thousands of CDs taking up my entire apartment um, and, you know, things like going to Blockbuster and wanting to see a movie that just came out and it not being there because everybody had taken all the copies or whatever. Like, we don't have to deal with those problems anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. And, you know, I talk a lot on my show to my guests about, like, the flip side of that being that especially in regards to music, there's been this kind of uh, devaluing of the art. It's harder for musicians to make money off of records now. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, the mass consumer uh, mindset where everybody has all this content thrown at them all the time. People don't really have the patience to listen to whole albums anymore. People don't necessarily even have the patience to listen to whole songs that they don't know. Um, so yeah, advantages and disadvantages on both sides. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I was gonna say I know I, 
I'm on kind of both sides of the fence when it comes to this one because it's like when it comes to di- the digital stuff, I've more or less like kind of grew up in that more or less mentality. Like I have a Spotify, I delve deep into YouTube and get exposed to so many different like ways because of that. But I've also been like really getting to a lot of physical stuff these days. You know, like I've I've been growing like a vinyl record collection and such, and like mm-hmm. vinyl is just absolutely like something special that I I appreciate like the the art form that goes into like. M- making a true like record like that. I've always been a person that just appreciates an entire product. So I think I'm kind of, you know, maybe an outlier compared to some people compared to some that, you know, just want to have like the single or just want to like know the little bit from like said artist before you know, moving on to the next big thing or whatnot. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like for me, I um, uh, appreciate art in a kind of, Dantic, microscopic way that I like to know every single thing about the art that I'm uh, in, engaging yes. with. So if I listen to an album, I don't just want to like listen to it passively. I care about the lyrics. I care about story of it being made, the you know impact that it had on the world, all these other things. So I'm the guy who's like, you know, when I have a you know vinyl record in front of me that has a sleeve and has liner notes in it i want to read it i want to know, yes. you know who played guitar all those kinds of things so um yeah having having kind of a, a deeper appreciation or a nerdier appreciation for yeah. uh for I, the art that i consume i imagine you're you're probably like me like you're the kind of person that will take like an album and listen to it just like start to finish uninterrupted as is to try to get like the flow in the story that they're trying to tell with that one and then you might just go in afterwards whether it be with the vinyl sleeve or just online try to see like any sort of breakdown any sort of information that maybe the artist has revealed about it just to like truly know where they're coming from and truly appreciate the art form that they're trying to present out there yeah it's it's hard because like you know, when you, there is so much available all the time, making time to really let a piece of art breathe. Like you, you, you know, somebody puts out an album and just forcing myself to actually listen to it all the way through, even if there are songs that I'm like, ugh, this is kind of boring yeah. or whatever, because sometimes you listen to an album three times and the song that you hated the first time you listen to it becomes your favorite one. So, um, yeah, it's like, you know, not just from a consumer perspective, but from the industry's perspective, like there's a lot less patience. There's so many people out there trying to make art that it's like if you don't grab people's attention in 10 seconds, they're on to the next thing. Right. Um, right. Excuse me. I was going to say, I know, like, whenever you describe just kind of the, you know, listen to something three times before, like, you know, songs you get or whatnot, that's just basically the Weekend's Back catalog for me. At first, I didn't fully get it, but then, like, <laughs> listening to it over and over again, like, I started understanding the intricacies and the stories or whatnot i'm like okay i could truly love and appreciate it. not the not dawn fm i got that one like almost immediately but like most of his mm-hmm. other back catalog i had to like take some time to let really like uh marinate a little bit in me before i really like appreciate it for what it is yeah he's an interesting guy that it's like the beginning it was this kind of fringy like almost minimal uh electronic music thing mm-hmm. and he's progressed to a stage now where it's like this perfect finely tuned pop that's like that last album is yeah, incredible it yeah. feels like the the work that his whole career has been building towards 
Is it just me or at least within like the past like couple years or so, I feel like a lot of artists, especially if they've been going at it for years, a lot of their albums feel more or less like a culmination of like what they've been building up to rather than just like experimenting with something new, just all together, trying something different. Is it just me or has it always just been like that and I'm just now realizing it? I think uh, also with artists like The Weeknd who, you know, started out with a kind of small niche audience and has he's built and built and built towards becoming the kind of, you know, global superstar that he is. And part of it, I think, is time and experience and honing your uh, artistry. But I think a lot of it is also money, yeah, <laughs> access yeah. to, you know, the best collaborators, the best studios you know all of the money that the record labels have they'll pour into artists that they know are guaranteed to make them money um so yeah i think it's a balance of those those things like having somebody who's already talented being supported in such an enormous way that they're able to create the best work they possibly can yeah, there you go. I was going to say, like, a good example of that other than The weekend is someone that is my personal favorite artist, um, Tyler, the creator. I'm sure you probably noticed from the, the posters in my background or whatnot. Like, <clears throat> especially, like, listening back to some of the early stuff, as, as hard as it is at times with some of the lyrics or whatnot, like, just hearing how he has progressed and how he has kind of changed or whatnot. That last album, Call Me If You Get Lost, just felt like a major a culmination of just, like, everything he has kind of done while also, like, telling the uh, – like – for those especially like listen along the way, give them kind of uh, we made it here together, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And definitely he's a great example of somebody who's just, you know, if, if not uh, doing a complete 180, it's like it, it, the public perception, the, I, you know, uh, understanding of who he is yeah. is so much broader and deeper now. And, you know, it's it's also like musicians aren't necessarily presenting the, like the tr their true self to the public. I mean, with someone like Tyler, the creator as well, it's like you can see that there's character that's involved in it. Oh, it's yeah. not just, you know, it's, it's heightened. Um, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's a pretty incredible, incredible guy. All of those odd futures people um, have have really done some amazing stuff oh yeah i know you talked about uh at least one of them when it comes to your podcast the spark parade which for people that don't know like i said in the intro basically where you get to geek out with incredible artists about their cultural spark of inspiration i i have to know because you've had this podcast since correct me if i'm wrong 2018 2019 somewhere in that range um, yeah 2018 2018 what exactly sparked you to create this podcast in the first place uh, so after the 2016 election, mm, okay. uh, initially one of the, uh, priorities that Donald Trump laid out as president was to cut funding for the national endowment for the arts, for PBS, all of these like public, publicly funded arts organizations. I don't, th I think, <laughs> you know persecuting black and brown people and making everyone's lives miserable kind of shifted to be the primary focus for him. But, um, he, uh, had this, oh shit, sorry. It's my phone going. Uh, he had this idea that he was going to cut all this public funding for the arts and 
it got me thinking about why art is important to people, why, um, you know, uh, how art affects people's lives, how it affects the way that we see the world. And um, it was that combined with just kind of like wanting something, a, a project to work on that was under my control. As an actor, you're told your entire life, why don't you create your own work? Why don't you write a play? Why don't you, you know, all these things. And to me, there's so much about acting that is, um, you have to put up with a lot of bullshit that has nothing to do with acting. You have to, you know, especially now, mm. most of my auditions are at home. I have to light them. I have to film them. I have to do all this other stuff that's like every time I'm like, I'm not an expert at these things. Why do I have to be an expert at these things? I just want to do the acting part. Right. Um, so the idea of like writing my own play or whatever, like, I think I'm an okay writer, but it, I don't enjoy it. So I'd never really gotten into anything like that. But I think having the idea of a podcast, that's something that I don't need to ask anybody permission to do it, which is something you're constantly doing as an actor. Right. And, um, it was just something creative to, you know, keep myself going while in between acting jobs and, um, to just feel like I'm actually continuing to have some kind of artistic output um even even when uh the things that i most want to do are not happening um <laughs> but it's actually ended up being the most gratifying thing i've ever worked on so i mean if i do say so and i'll definitely shower a lot more praise later on but like you certainly done a good job with like really presenting that platform and really like presenting just like incredible incredible pieces of artwork incredible like ar artists on your podcast or whatnot uh what made you decide that you wanted particularly to make sure that you bring artists to talk about other artists on your podcast was just that kind of that mentality of, again, you know, these are the people that are fully into it. Let's have them talk about what got them into it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good mix of, uh, all different kinds of people from every Avenue of artistry. So I think it's, it's like, um, having a kind of broad focus and being able to explore all those ideas of like what makes people, uh, what makes art important to people, how does art affect artists, um, all those things, like having this collection of people who come from, come from all walks of life. And, you know, <laughs> I wanted a, a lot of uh, diverse backgrounds and, um, just getting uh, stories from as many different kinds of people as possible. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been going okay. Yeah. I, if I do say so myself, I think it's going really well for you, especially, like I said before, the, the amazing guests you have been able to bring on, like, does it ever surprise you just kind of the people you've been able to get on? Like, or is, I imagine like starting out, like, especially since in fact you're into acting, you probably got like a lot of people in similar fields as you. So it's like just friends talking, but does it ever amaze you kind of the guests you've been able to bring on and, and talk about the, the art that they love? Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, fr from the beginning, it really was just like calling in favors from friends and it wasn't necessarily people who are really in the public eye. Um, also kind of, I was more willing to bend the rules about what I defined as an artist in the beginning. So it was like people who work in artist adjacent, uh, careers, um, art adjacent, I should say. But, um, yeah, I, uh, probably for the first year, it was mostly people who I knew, 
Um, and then I started kind of sticking feelers out, just emailing people who I admired. Um, there's an author uh, named Paul Tremblay who writes books that I really love and wrote to his agent and they said, yeah, he'd love to. So I started kind of feeling like, oh, all I need to do is just offer the idea to people and maybe some of them will say yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it just kind of built from there. And I, like, I don't want to, you know, to full disclosure, I have a lot of help from friends and in, in making this stuff happen too. Like I do, I do a lot of work, but I also have tons of friends who work in the music industry and, um, have been able to kind of introduce me to some people, uh, to get a foot in the door. I had, a uh, um, probably the first big guest that I had was this, uh, singer named Will Young who won the very first idol competition in the world in the UK. Okay. Um, so he is very famous in the UK. He's not really known in this country. Um, but because he's known in the UK, once I, you know, he was, he's a friend of a friend. And so he agreed to do the show. And then from there, it kind of gave me a little bit of legitimacy in the eyes of record companies and whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I wrote, um, to, uh, a PR company in the UK cause I wanted to interview a singer named Roisin Murphy, who I really love. And they suggested coming back to the, uh, U S people. I wrote to them saying, Hey, you know, I want to talk to Roisin Murphy. And a couple weeks later they, randomly emailed me and said, Hey, do you want to interview Connor Oberst? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, and from there it's like, uh, you know, I think getting a foot in the door is something that not everybody can do and, you know, access to opportunity is not, uh, equitable. But once I did that, just starting to reach out to other PR companies and have these interviews that I'd done that were kind of calling cards. And then it kind of snowballed from there. I have really good relationships with a lot of, uh, PR companies that, that, uh, you know, throw me interviews and I can pitch to them and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty crazy, pretty exciting. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I partially envy you with some of the guests you've been able to get on, especially with that PR strategy. Like I I'm also like the, the main one for this podcast responsible of trying to get guests on and whatnot. And I can totally attest where you're coming mm -hmm. from. Like sometimes it's just as simple as just reaching out to a person. Best case scenario, you get the opportunity that you're looking for and you get to interview that person for a little bit. Worst case scenario, you get a solid no, or you don't get a response. That's just been more or less my experience. I know starting out one of my favorite artists that i love is a musician by the name of left at london um and like she was on for like the third episode when i had next to nothing to do when it comes to what i had to present for this podcast and just being able to talk to her was absolutely incredible but i've also had you know my, my producer tipsy and like friends like introduced me to artists that i'd never considered beforehand or whatnot but like once i really like delved deep into their art and what they presented or whatnot i couldn't shut up talking to them you know <laughs> mm, yeah so yeah it's crazy it's like um just just the idea that you know i guess i know that through social media and whatever that it feels much more like most people are accessible in some way or at least you can make an attempt to reach out directly to them but um 
one uh, very surprising thing to me, and uh, this is a hot tip if anybody wants to try to get an interview with anybody. Uh, a lot of people still have personal email addresses on their mm-hmm. Facebook page. Um, and I think because Facebook is like uh, massively on the decline in terms of ways that people promote their work that people have just kind of forgotten that they even have any presence on Facebook or they just don't deal with it very much. Right. So um, lots of people who I haven't been able to find through PR companies, I'll just, you know, look at their website and it's like, whatever, you know, yeah. Brittany.spears at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I need to write that one down. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, like, I've done somewhat of a similar thing. Like, a lot of artists that I like to bring on the podcast, some of them have their own websites that maybe they've neglected to acknowledge for a good couple years or whatnot. And a lot of those websites also have emails on them that, you know, just send them an email. And I, that's how I've been able to get a good couple of guests. That's how I got left in London. That she had her email on her personal website. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Let's see what happens. And it happened. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Comedians as well. Comedians yep. always have their email address. They're the thirstiest. They just want to, they want attention. So, yeah. Huh. Standing up on a stage of wanting applause from an audience, you're telling me they don't want attention? I know. Shocking, isn't it? It's amazing. Um, I, again, you talked about like a few of the guests here and there. Is there a guest that you were like most surprised that you're able to, to get on the podcast and talk with them about? Like, is there one that's just like, almost like a step above like wow i actually got them okay cool <laughs> yeah i mean uh definitely connor oberst and, and roshin murphy i was really excited about um i talked to chris gethard yes and, uh yeah that was surprising just like you know <laughs> um another one of those things where like I, I get sent press releases from uh you know when people have stuff that's coming out and it doesn't mean anything. It's like they're just sending an email blast to a billion people and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to give you an interview, but I'll just pitch to them and say, hey, you think this person wants to come on my show? And yeah, sometimes they just say yes. And it's like, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you brought up the Chris Gethard one because that was honestly personally one of my like top three favorite episodes that you've done so far. Because one, I'm a person that prefers like the longer podcast. So the fact that that one was almost an hour long, I already appreciated that. But like the... The movie that he brought up, Gross Point Blank, it's one. It's a film that mm. I personally have not seen, sadly. But like, just hearing him talk about it and hearing you guys discuss back and forth, just kind of the different elements of it, especially like the the elements of a uh, John Cusack movie or whatnot. Like, it made me greatly mm-hmm. appreciate that com- that uh, conversation a lot. Like, that was a great chat right there. Yeah, yeah, and he was. He, there are certain people who really get the idea and are really excited to talk about something that is not always the case (laughs) i had i mean i am not gonna name names here but i recently had a pretty disastrous interview it was the worst one i've ever done where i um was talking to someone who definitely did not understand the concept and had chosen something that they liked but they had nothing to say about it outside of yeah, I like that. <laughs> so um, I think talking to somebody who is uh, – when I find people who are really excited about the concept of the show, people – I mean, uh, not to keep harping on about Connor Oberst, but I think the, one of the reasons I got that interview is because he specifically said, I hate talking about myself. 
I have work to promote, mm-hmm. but I don't want to talk about me. And, you know, one of the nice things about my show is that I, I feel like it gives people an opportunity to promote their work without having to say explicitly like, oh, this is how we wrote this song and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, talking about their life, talking about their history, but through the lens of this piece of art that they love so that it's it kind of takes the pressure off of them, but still is just as revealing as a more straightforward biographical interview would be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the the more genius parts about your show more than anything else is like, you learn a lot about the artists without them obviously directly saying, yeah, this is why I did this This is why I did that. It's like having them talk about like the, the stuff that inspired them and the stuff that they create, you get basically their life story behind whatever piece of media they want to promote. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I was going to say, like, some of the other artists that I absolutely love. Uh, another episode, uh, what was it? Shaka talking about uh, Nostalgia Ultra from Frank Ocean. Just hearing yeah. hearing you two talk about basically, like, hip-hop history, essentially, right there for a little bit. You could have your own podcast. You two could have your own podcast like that, and I'll listen to every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's another guy who's, like, just really got it. And I think it's a combination of people who are really into the show and people who are just like nice people, good people who are, you know, no bullshit, just up for having a chat. And, um, I try to make it as conversational as possible. I don't want people to feel like they're, you know, being grilled. Um, you know, I think that adds to it too, just being able to kind of, um, take it easy and shoot the shit rather than, um, you know, being in under the spotlight exactly no it's it's fair it's, it's kind of like having that just nice calm cool casual conversation about the stuff that they love that's you know something i try to emphasize with this podcast so i totally get where you're coming from with that one is there yeah. a guess that whether it be like the subject that they brought up or just how passionate they were about it is there a guest you could think of that you've personally connected with the most when it comes to the media that they presented um I talked to, I mean, there have been a lot, a lot of people have brought stuff to me that I'm, you know, pretty equally obsessed with. Um, but, uh, I talked to a comedian, um, named Yasser Lester, who he's on, um, or was on Black Monday. Is it Monday? Yeah. Black Monday. Now Black Monday. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. The, the Showtime show with Don Cheadle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was on that. He's a pretty big comedy writer he writes sitcoms and stuff um and he wanted to talk about devs which again is another alex garland project and i think uh talking to somebody about something that i'm equally passionate about when they are uh easy to talk to really into the concept all those things when all of the pieces fit in just the right way those those are pretty uh exciting and and um yeah it feels kind of like magic which is not to say you know there are tons of people who've brought things to me that i'm not into um sometimes it's even things that i actively dislike but i think finding a way i i i can always find a way to connect with people and even if it's not through that piece of art it can be about the time period in which it was created it can be in uh the other artists that have been influenced by it um and just like getting that kind of biographical information out of them through the the work that they love um so 
like there are very few of these conversations that have been difficult or boring or um that i that i haven't uh, gotten anything out of so um yeah it's been pretty pretty cool across the board i mean i can only imagine and once again it has to be like surreal with you to get to connect to a lot of these artists on a similar level to them with that kind of the the media that they be able to present and like even like you said even if you don't personally connect with it it has to be cool seeing kind of the love and passion that they like to gush about it and feeling more or less like a, a connection through that more than anything else yeah yeah and um sometimes it's just like surprising to learn something about people's taste uh you know you have a perception of an artist and you know you can make assumptions about the kind of art that would have influenced them and then it ends up being something completely different so you know that that's really exciting to me too yeah I, i'm glad to hear that and i imagine just hearing all these other people and their sparks or whatnot i imagine for you it makes you more or less reflect on your own kind of spark what kind of gets you like creatively thinking or what has culturally like touched you can you do you have your own personal spark that you can think of, uh, like the the thing in culture that really pushes you to create the stuff you want to create? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the same kind of conundrum where <laughs> I'm really bad at narrowing down uh, to specifics. The the um you know individual cultural touchstones that have really set things off for me, mm-hmm. but um. I don't know, you know, again, uh, all of, all of Prince's, uh, work, a lot of, um, a lot of music from when I was growing up, a lot of the stuff that my dad used to listen to, you know, Aretha Franklin albums and Stevie Wonder and Al Green and Otis Redding, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, there's an Aretha Franklin album called, uh, To Be Young, Gifted in Black that just at its 50th anniversary um and that's a pretty special one um for me it's another one of these albums that i think i can listen to straight through over and over and over again and um it's a a really good example i mean i've I've talked about this a couple of times on my show but like when people cover songs um I don't see the point in covering a song if you're just going to do it exactly the same way with the same production and not add anything to it and make it your own. And Aretha Franklin was one of the masters of reinventing songs. Um, And there's a a version of an Elton John song on that album that she did that's just like it, it completely transforms the song. And to my mind, you know, improves on the original and uh kind of transcends what the uh original version of that song could achieve so um yeah that's a that's a a big one yeah i I mean i will say when it comes to the artists that you listen especially with that aretha album or just like just looking at prince as a whole i think a major thing culturally is more or less how they were able to carry themselves how they were able to like present themselves and really like let the world know hey this is who i am you're going to either love it or you're not going to care either way i'm still going to walk my own path because like they knew who they were and they carried that as far as they could with just about every individual project that they did Mm. yeah yeah and uh again artists who are insanely talented i mean those those people in particular 
um, you know, Prince played like, I don't know, 17 or 18 instruments, taught himself how to play all of them. He wrote all of his own music. He produced all of it, uh, or at least most of it. And you have this person who's insanely talented, but without 1999 and uh, Purple Rain being these monster hits, I think, again, it's talent combined with resources and access to opportunity. So having these people who have these established careers and have the freedom to experiment and to push their boundaries and all those kinds of things. Um, and that's not to say that people without recording contracts can't do those yeah. things too. But um, uh, yeah, I think, you know, people who are, are willing to take chances and kind of push themselves forward and in ways that uh, are unexpected. I mean, like, you know, Aretha Franklin's career that was whatever, 50 something years long, um, way that she kind of moved with the times. I mean, from the 60s to, you know, probably the mid 90s was putting out albums and had songs in the charts and just still remaining true to herself, but kind of experimenting in different genres and um, all that kind of stuff. I, I really, I really admire that. And that's the stuff that really, uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of awestruck when I I think about the, the uh, careers that they've had. David Bowie as well as another one yeah. who's just like, you know, constantly changing, constantly pushing himself forward. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty inspiring pretty amazing oh yeah no absolutely and i imagine especially with you like on your own like career path just trying like like you said like with the podcast it's like you know as you said yourself as an actor like you're kind of told what to do you have to like do a certain thing you have to execute a certain way or whatnot with the podcast you're essentially like these artists where it's like you call your own shots you get to present it however you want you get to push forth the message that you want and you're gonna have fun at the end of the day with it and do an incredible job with it, what you're satisfied with at the end of the day. And you could probably attest this, but each and every single one of those artists that you mentioned, they are the quintessential example of that. Granted, they had more resources than you have right now, but it's not like, you know, if you don't keep at it, you could potentially be there at some point. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I think part of, uh, being an artist to me, at least, um, you know, I know that, there are a lot of people who I've worked with, a lot of people who I've known who have have been artists in their life who just decided to stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it can be a really rough life as well, unless, you know, it's a very, it's a vanishingly small percentage of people who can actively support themselves with art and even smaller percentage of people that become, you know, successful and have stability from it. Um, so it makes sense that people want to find something that stabilizes them and means that they have some kind of financial security and all of that, but I'm just not capable of it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm addicted and I also feel like there are other things that I am capable of. There are other things that I can do with my life. Right. I just really don't want to. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, fair enough. You yeah. live your life to the you live your life to the fullest, to the happiest, as best you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I, I did want to go back to the podcast real quickly because there's a question I did want to ask super quickly. One of the things that I've at least noticed is when it comes to your podcast, a lot of the guests that you bring on, they tend to have a lot of representation, whether it be with the, the black uh, black community, the LGBTQ plus community or whatnot. You have a good foundation of representation, which is about every single piece of art. Was that something that you consciously wanted to have with presenting this podcast or is that just something that came naturally with it and you just wanted to present it nevertheless? Yeah, I mean, it it is um, uh, a really important part of the show, uh, trying to get as many perspectives as possible. And I think, uh, you know, the the cliche uh, upon which I built this podcast is art is a mirror and a window. And, you know, the, the two of the most important functions, being able to see yourself reflected in the the work that's being put that out there in the world is really validating but also uh as a window being able to see other people's experience being able to uh understand how the the world works for the uh, people who are not like you and i think a good way to have that kind of understanding is to hear about other people's experience of art and uh, you know, how artworks have, have made them feel. And uh, th- yeah, that was, it's always been a really important part of, uh, of, you know, the, the concept of the show. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're able to present that, especially in such an amazing manner that you have been able to um, considering all the guests that you had had on and you've had a, large variety of just incredible people just hearing their conversations. Nevertheless, is there a guest that you were pining to have on your podcast or is there a, a someone out there that you would just love to just pick their brain at and figure out what exactly sparks them? Oh God, there are so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I'd like to talk to you a lot more, um, filmmakers and, and actors. Um, there are oof, so, like so, so many, um, <laughs> but also just in terms of, um, singers, you know, I, I have a, a pretty heavy focus on, on musicians and, um, uh, Sid, who is another odd features person. Um, she is really amazing to me and you know i love her uh the internet which is her her band and then her solo stuff is amazing too and you know talking about art that presents different perspectives and um you know uh shows uh, a specific vantage point a, a specific uh identity she's queer and she's black and in all the music that she's produced, it's like pop songs and she's singing, you know, love songs or just songs about hooking up or dating or whatever. And they're all sung about women. But my, my experience in the past had been that if there were songs by queer people about sex or relationships or whatever that it was like 
an event song that uh, people had to, you know, you know, the focus was like, this is gay shit. <laughs> and with these songs, they're just pop songs. And it's kind of beside the point or it's, it's not that it's like her, her sexuality, her experience is so well integrated into the music mm-hmm. that um, it's, it's a part of what's happening, but it's not like we are trying to make a, a statement and pull focus from the music onto whatever, you know, queerness uh, that she's, she's highlighting in that. And I think, you know, people like Lil Nas X as well. Yes. Um, I've done that really uh, fantastically. And, you know, he's definitely a lot more overt about uh, his sexuality and his music and in Just his uh, <laughs> videos and stuff, which I think is absolutely fucking incredible he's really Amen. just Amen. like the, the the things that he has done um actually he's another person i would absolutely love to talk to but i think that's a little above my pay grade at the moment so. <laughs> it's not impossible though i'm sure if the, like, the connections are there if you keep up with this there has to be a point to where that is possible <laughs> yeah well uh from uh from your lips to to god's ears or whatever people say <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, to be fair, both of those people you talked about, like Lil Nas and Sid, like those two alone, I, those are two that I would, that would be dreams to talk on this podcast as well, just to get their mm-hmm. entire story more or less. So yeah, I can totally understand just trying to figure out like what exactly like creatively drives them like that, that could probably be like a 12 part series depending on who, depending on what they have to say, you know, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about, like, all these different, you know, creative possibilities and all these different guests and this incredible stuff you've done with the podcast. But for this next question, I want to give you more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I come up to you and I'm like, look, Adam, I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. We love everything that you have absolutely done, and we know you can produce some incredible stuff. You just need the, the little push. And with that, I can give you that push because... We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry you want to, to have and more money than there should be possible. There's so many different like reforms that we can probably help with. We'll help with that in a second, we promise. But for you right now, focus is on you. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream Adam Unz project? Uh, you know, I mean, I think um, the, the general dream is just to <laughs> be acting consistently and you know making a a living off of it uh but that's not very specific i think i would really love to uh earn uh the spark parade into a tv show oh yes uh, you know i have an idea that is uh it's kind of similar in the to in the same vein as what uh david letterman's doing on netflix right now and I, i i was watching he uh interviewed Billie Eilish for the new season of his show and he's so conversational and curious and uh not quite reverential but he he appreciates the people he's talking to and whether or not that artist is you know reflects his personal taste he is so open and uh as I said, it's curious and just like wanting to get that person at their best and make them feel comfortable and just learn stuff about them by having a relaxing conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think doing something similar, but you know, in the, 
specific lane of my show, you know, asking people to, to choose a um, cultural work that means a lot to them and, and chat through that. Um, it feels like something that has, it has broader appeal than just a podcast. So, you know, again, anyone, anyone listening who is sitting on a pile of money and wants to make that happen for me, please get in touch. I mean, that's what Big Shot Mr. Moneybags is here for. Here, we'll give you at least a good couple bags. You do what you want with it. Make it as fancy and as, as sparkly as you want. We got this for you. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm ready. But sadly, we do got to come down from the dream scenario, and we got to get back to reality. And I'll ask the mm-hmm. ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, I want the podcast to grow. I've done some live shows and I think uh, doing more of that. Um, And yeah, just, you know, continuing to make art and uh, try to smiles on people's faces. Um, (laughs) Again, it's not exactly the most specific five-year plan anyone can have, but um, yeah, just kind of chugging along in the same direction. I feel like... uh, very satisfied with the stuff that I'm doing now, but I'd just like more people to to see it, hear it, whatever. <laughs> I I mean, you know what? If if the most that you know you're trying to go for just five ten years from now is just more of what you're doing now, I'm down for it because I, I you know it's incredible what you've been able to to produce at this point. So if I can just get more of that, I'm down for it. So there you go. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> as we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question that I want to ask. Obviously, like you're deeply entrenched when it comes to art. You've you've had been for most of your life for as long as you can probably remember, even beforehand. How important mm-hmm. is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? M- massively important. Um, uh, you know, I think the stuff that I was saying about art being a way for people to understand the world about around them and e- be able to understand themselves and, um, you know, kind of have their own experiences and their identity affirmed. Also, you know, I think education is is absolutely crucial and having kids be exposing kids to art in public schools in a way that they don't have to there's no barrier that uh you know prevents access to it um i think art really opens people up makes them more uh empathetic and intuitive and sensitive about the world um and uh yeah i think it's just um one of the most important tools for communication and and the generation of of empathy that we have so vitally important that is wonderfully worded if i do say so myself um <laughs> that is all the questions i have for you i've already showered you with a bunch of praise but i'm gonna show you with a little bit more because it's my podcast i do what i want um <laughs> look adam ever since i first heard about your podcast uh ever since i first had a chance to listen to your podcast i have just been hooked line and sinker every little bit of it obviously as someone that truly loves and appreciates art getting the know that there's other people out there that love and appreciate art and want to give artists an opportunity to really express themselves furthermore than they already are I, I cannot help but love and support what you've been doing. You do a great job presenting these artists. You do a good job, you know, leading the conversation. Like, you're borderline masterful at what you're doing. And I 
cannot get enough of each and every single episode. Even if I don't know who the artist is, even if I don't know what they're talking about, I can listen to every single conversation that you have because you do a great job presenting that passion out there. And I think there are more people out there that needs to showcase that love and passion for artists considering how much emotionally they divulge it to their own stuff. So thank you for being one of the beacons out there to really present that. And I sincerely just hope nothing for the best for the spark parade and everything that you do, because if this is what you're doing now, I can only imagine the opportunities that can come for you in the future. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. That was really kind. I, I really appreciate that. I, I did forget to mention one little thing, though. So for those that <laughs> don't know, um, you and I were actually used to be part of the same podcast network, the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Um, Dude. I, was, I, <laughs> I You literally joined the podcast network like a week or two after I had joined. And when I first saw like your podcast or whatnot, I was honestly intimidated right off the bat. Like straight up. Because it's like, wait, you just added an art podcast. Now you're adding another art podcast to the podcast. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? But, 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 but then I stopped. I took a deep breath. I'm like, wait a second. One, he's emphasizing a lot more on the inspiration behind the artist. And two, another art pack podcast out there highlighting artists. Why should I complain? Artists are getting the love that they deserve. That's what we need to have in this world. <laughs> Yes, and we don't need to compete against each other. We can support each other. There's there's room for everyone. Yeah, I was gonna say that that initial like shock or whatnot, it was like gone almost. Inst- <laughs> it was gone almost instantly after I thought about it for more than like two seconds. All right, <laughs> there was. Yeah, there's, and I get it. I am. <laughs> say there's if if there was never beef in the first place. It's the long and the short of it. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> exactly only love only love so if people want to be able to show more love to you and your podcast go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home uh yeah it's uh, i host the spark parade uh, as you've you've mentioned uh, i geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration you can find the podcast anywhere you download podcasts and uh, i am on social media all over the place at spark parade there you go. By the way, I just got to say, I know this is like, I guess part of your branding at this point, but you have such a soothing voice. Like seriously, I think that's one of the things I love <laughs> about the way you present your podcast. The fact that it's just you with that soothing voice, just like bringing in that comfort with that conversation. I, I, I just have to put that out there. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you again. All, all of this uh, flattery are making me blush. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being a hundred percent honest. Do you have any final words before we do sign off? Uh, I, you know, just, uh, everybody keep engaging with art and, uh, keep sharing your favorite pieces of art, your inspiration with other people, and that'll help them to have a better understanding of you. There you go. There you go. And if you want to hear more incredible people sharing their favorite part of the art, seriously, go listen to the Spark Parade, guys. Like, if you love this podcast, you're going to love the Spark Parade. I can guarantee it. I can almost guarantee it. (laughs) thank you very much this has been great well i thank you for taking the time to do this i sincerely appreciate it and for all the people at home all i have left to say is hasta luego mi amigos
Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around to the end of the podcast. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it. Um, having Adam on was a wonderful opportunity that I got to have, considering the fact that, you know, I, I truly do love and listen to other podcasts, and Adam, what he's essentially doing is incredible. It's really giving artists an opportunity to really, like, express themselves and truly let people, like, get to connect with them a little bit better than they may already have beforehand. I think it's such a unique concept. I, it's 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 a fun podcast at the end of the day. And knowing how much Adam appreciated and loved art, I knew it was only a matter of time before I had him on the podcast. So, Adam, if you're listening to this point, thank you so much for sticking around to this point. Um, and thank you for, once again for your time. It was, it was fun to talk to you. Um, it's great to know that... There are other podcasts out there that are trying to give artists that opportunity to showcase who they truly are. And I truly love and admire what you're doing with this podcast, with your podcast. And I I am eager to hear what guests you bring on next and what's, what you're going to be doing from this point forward. You know, one of the things I always try to emphasize with this podcast is trying to make sure that I give people the opportunity to really express themselves more than anything else. That's one of the beautiful things I love about art. Um, it really gives people an opportunity to really like express themselves and truly let the people know like who they really are besides the art. Like the art is incredible, and I at least understand that for most people, it's a good avenue for them to truly express themselves. Um, I feel like the Spark Parade does that very well with going with what sparked them, what sparked all these different artists to creatively go forward with what they're doing that's something I try to emphasize with this podcast um, but you know it, it's it's just incredible knowing that there are platforms being created and platforms of support out there for incredible artists to showcase who they truly are and to showcase what they truly love that's why I'm going to be rooting for Adam with what he does. That's why I'm going to be listening to the Spark Parade and supporting wherever I can. If nothing else, like I said, it's just fun to listen to. It's fun to really it's fun to really get inside the heads of some of these incredible artists and get almost a glimpse of like who they truly are based on just a simple piece of media. It's just fun. It's just fun all around. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with more or less like the little inspirational thing I want to say at the end here. Whether it's a single piece of media or whether it's several different like groups of media or different items of media, whatever gives you that spark to go forth and create incredible stuff, don't be ashamed of it. Really take it to heart and let that be a true driving force for you to create the incredible stuff that you want to. It doesn't even have to be media if it's a person in your life or if it's an experience or whatnot. If that truly sparks you to truly get creative and truly let you express yourself, don't hold back on that. Let it all loose. Let that spark the the, the creative fire in you. Inspiration can come from anywhere. Truly take as much advantage of that inspiration as possible. And truly create the incredible stuff that I know you can do. 